0: You've been listening to the news on RTHK.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Backchat. I'm Danny Giddings. My guest presenter this morning is Philip Wong. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, Danny. On today's Backchat, we're talking transport after the government unveiled a new blueprint to strengthen connections and drive development across the territory. Proposals include a fourth cross-harbour tunnel to connect Hong Kong with Lantau, an eco-friendly monorail around Kai Tak, and a railway connecting Heng Shukyu to the uh, Chennai special zone in Shenzhen. The northern metropolis is also high on the agenda with plans to extend existing highways into this new mega city. So what do you make of this blueprint and how would you like to see the city's infrastructure develop? After 9.45, we're going to be talking to- toilet hygiene as 130 new public bathrooms are completed under a government-funded drive. Let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio Free, Email us at backchat at rthk hk, or you can give us a call. The number there, 233-88-266. Our guest initially and in for our main topic this morning, we have Timothy Howe. Timothy Howe is Honorary Associate Professor of Economics at the uh, Faculty of Business and Economics at um, uh, the University of Hong Kong's Business School. And we have Alok Jane, a frequent Backchat guest who is uh, CEO and Managing Director of Transconsult. Uh, good morning. Uh, welcome to Backchat. Uh, good good I, morning, Danny. Uh, Alok Jane, let's go to you first. Uh, what, uh, my impression when I, I looked at this uh, transport blueprint is... Um, Forget Hong Kong Island. Everything's moving to the new territories. Is that that fair?
2: Well, I mean, uh, there's a decentralization that's happening. And obviously that was the planning target of the government for a long time anyway. So and especially when I mean, they want to emphasize on this green and, you know, the, the Greater Bay Area and the linkages between, uh, you know, Hong Kong, Shenzhen and, and the, you know, Pearl River Delta. So obviously with that, the the center of gravity is moving northwards and i think this whole proposals of transport infrastructure falls pretty much into that kind of a uh, rhythm yeah
1: okay so um, more i mean there's a, there's a lot of talk about the northern metropolis i, I don't see much about sort of um, development around land tower it seems to be northern metropolis is, is is the future as far as i can see in this blueprint
2: well, northern metropolis and also in the in Lantau, the Oyster Bay area is will be developed. There are a uh, new infrastructure that is uh, pr- that are proposed there. There's a road link, new road link that is there, and as well as there is a railway station uh, and strengthening of Tung, Ch- Tung Chung line. So yeah, so that is going to that is proposed in the proposals at the moment.
1: Yeah, they're talking about another uh, cross harbour link on the uh, from uh, Lantau coming in. I guess somewhere around Kennedy Town, but then they say, well. That's really enough for Hong Kong Island. There's no need to um, build a new uh, MTR line on the north side of Hong Kong Island. Um, The existing line can cope.
2: Yeah, existing lines can cope, that's what it says. Um, However, this uh, fourth harbour crossing coming from Lantau to Hong Kong Island, uh, interestingly enough, this was a proposal that was on the agenda back in you know, I think in 90s there used to be this green, green Island reclamation and there was supposed to be a linkage to Lantau Island from there. So it's a it's kind of a revival of that proposal uh, that is coming back. Uh, but anyway, even in the current proposal, that is too far-fetched. Uh, it is actually coming after 2038 or something. So, you know, I, I wouldn't um, put too much on, onto that part. We are looking at more near-term solutions. Uh, in next five to ten years, so I think that that fourth harbour crossing is not in the near five to ten years proposals at the moment. Yeah.
1: So we shouldn't look too far. I mean, there was that caution also, there wasn't there? They they're refusing to give very precise timeframes because they just they, they kind of say, well, you don't know exactly what's going to happen, and we and we all know what right, these these projects are. Look at the MTR line to, uh, to uh, Central,ly These transport projects are notoriously overrun, don't they?
2: Yeah, well not quite but I mean usually we always put a time frame and then as we go on things adjust as necessary right now they have kept a 5 year window for all the projects so there is a, enough leeway but as a project manager or as a, you know people who are executing these projects uh, that really doesn't help much if you have a precise time scale then people make the programs backwards from that day, uh, so, so, so as to deliver the project. Of course, a lot of things can go wrong and sometimes projects get delayed, but that does not mean that we should plan for delay uh, in the projects.
3: Uh, Alec, am I right to be, uh, believe that this blueprint are actually proposals? So in a way, a lot of these projects might not even be approved. Is, is, that, is that right? sorry i didn't get your question what do you mean by approved like are these these this blueprint a lot of like you know there's a lot of infrastructure new infrastructure for transportation um you know and uh, tunnels roads uh uh mtr yeah. trains are these like subject to being approved or has has these already been been approved so my question is if no, it's so, yeah could,
2: so I think at the moment it's more of a strategy and then obviously many of these proposals, many of these projects, they have to go through detailed feasibility study, uh, alignment study, land, what land res- needs to be resumed, so on and so forth. And I think approval, so called, uh, is only that only comes when the when the projects are gazetted uh, and that gazetting process only happens at a point where uh, you know where the, all the is and everything is in place i don't think we are at that stage yet so right. this is part of the government strategy
3: at the mm-hmm. moment so these are all really long-term projects it's not like something that will happen within i guess the next 10 years it's probably like between 10 to 20.
2: Well, they can happen in the next ten years, but mm. they they have to go through that legal process of mm. gazetting, and only after the gazetting the projects, then they will be implemented. So that process has not happened yet.
1: Okay, uh, let's bring in Timothy Howe. Timothy Howe, for honorary associate professor of economics at the Faculty of Business and Economics at the Hong Kong U. Business School. Good morning, Timothy Howe. Welcome to Back Chat. Good morning. Uh, what do you make of this transport blueprint?
4: Well, um, I. Um I scanned through the um, seventy-six page. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's seventy-six pages. Isn't it? <laughs> yes, I had a feeling.
4: <laughs> One glaring, well, omission, of course, which which was in fact raised uh, and uh, answered by the secretary for uh, transport logistics, Mr. Lam um, Sai Hong, right, um, uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, at the press conference, and that is that he he didn't want to divulge any cost estimate. So there's n- not a single number in terms of um, construction costs, uh, in terms of rate return. Um, I mean, basically, Uh, He said he, because it depends on many, many, many variables, obviously, right? Uh, Population growth, employment growth, uh, economic growth, and so on and so forth, right? Uh, And that, in fact, each project will be subject to scrutiny in terms of the evaluation of the economic benefits, the financial um, feasibility, technical feasibility in terms of the alignment, et cetera, et cetera, okay? And uh, to answer Mr. Philip Wong's question, why it is approved? Obviously, it's not. These are long-term projects, has to be because gazetted, it, and it has to go through legal. Mm. Okay. Uh, and of course, the, the tricky part is the financing part. Okay. Uh, and there was a there, there uh, mention of the BOT project uh, uh, financing mechanism, even build, operate, transfer, and the rail plus property. Um, uh, model, okay, uh, 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 public-private partnership, and all these fi- standard financing mechanisms that we have seen in infrastructure projects uh, uh, are mentioned. But none of them are really, um, uh, I mean, I, I don't get the impression that, okay, we are, for instance, t- take a look at the SkyTech we're going to use one particular financing instrument for the East Column one, we're going to use uh, the, uh, the East Column smart and green mass transit system, we're going to use another mechanism. I mean, all these are up in the air, okay? And in fact, uh, the the, the one that we're concerned about, right, uh, very much in the news, okay, East Column one and the TITAC one, uh, uh, smart and green mass transit system, uh, they're going to call for 10 uh, in the second half of uh, next year, 2024. And, of course, it won't happen for another 10 years, okay? And, this, of course, for the Kite Act, one has been going on for, what, 10, 20 years, okay? So um, it, it seems to me that the blueprint that has come up uh, uh, in mid-December, okay, is, well, it's it's a blueprint. Okay, and it it seems to me that it it had to come out because, of course, this is uh, it probably dovetails with the um, uh, the policy address, the chief executive policy address. So so something had to be done. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, but because of the controversy that it would create, its construction cost estimates, et cetera, uh, and kind of rates of return are thrown in. Okay, I think basically
1: all these things are left out. So you think it's a deliberate decision to omit the uh, costs? Sorry? You think it's a deliberate decision to not publish the costs, that they do have some estimates, but they don't want to release them because they think that it would just cause more controversy?
4: Yes. Well, he he, he said that we have the numbers, but because it depends on so many different variables, there are so many different factors, it's best not to talk about it because they're, they're not realistic. But then if, if you follow that logic, then it casts doubt on the whole thing, right? Um, but, but it's understandable. It certainly is understandable because if, if they start presenting uh, uh, a few numbers here and there, okay, people will scrutinize on that, especially legislative council members. And, um, and they're going to be stuck with defending those numbers. Okay. So this, I guess, to me it's more of a I mean how Jane mentioned in terms of strategy to me it's more of a wish list okay <laughs> and in some sense, I think it's necessary to have some kind of blueprint okay this is mm. the way forward uh, to support the northern metropolis development we need to do something like this right so you take out Hong Kong's map all the way to the uh, the boundary okay and basically with the free road free Railway project. We want to enhance these, okay, and see where there is a need to add um, uh, a rail project. For instance, like in the northern Metropolis area, okay, east-west linkage. So, so all these are kind of uh, sort of uh, put in with. Um, it, it's not that they they are unaware. Obviously, they are aware of all these engineering uh, uh, technical problems, okay. But um, but if each of them, you know, if we start off with all these uh, technical problems, okay, with the hilly areas and so on and so forth, okay, then, then it's going to be a very, very complicated document. Right? So, so, so it's more of a general uh, um, uh, direction, okay, of, of, of how to proceed, okay. That's, a, that's how I read it.
3: So, Professor uh, Timothy, th- if, if this is kind of like a wish list, then <laughs> you're looking at all these uh, projects. Is there, are, they, are they showing too much? I mean, in, in, it seems like in this case, a lot of them might not even come into fruition. So is it a mistake to sh- show so many projects in this blueprint?
4: Well, well, for instance, they admitted that the South Island Line West, okay, that we have been that was of course in earlier uh 2030 um projections okay study okay um now they said well there's not not such a need mm. okay and of course the northern part also is not uh is is not considered um uh, uh the northern the parallel to the island line okay there's no such need okay and then the, a question was raised during the press conference as why are this, why are these things removed okay? well, because we got constantly reevaluating and we we figure that it's not not uh high priority we don't need that on, uh uh for the next at least ten ten fifteen years okay now of course, for most of us on Hong kong island we we find that uh surprising, okay but then but then um, the government has, has done all these things with the comprehensive transport models, all this, all this um, modeling, okay, and, uh, and the simulation results indicate that it's not necessary at this stage to proceed with the South Island Line West, and then the, the, uh, the parallel line uh, north of the uh, Island Line, for instance, right?
1: you know... Uh, oh, hang cool. on, if this is a wish list, why why take things... <laughs> you're saying they don't even wish for that. I mean, if it's only a wish list, there's no harm to keep them in it. If it's a list of things no. they're actually planning to do, then yes, I can understand why you would um, you would take them out, but there's no need... You just put them lower down on the wish list, if it's only a wish list. No, but
4: but you see, now the focus of course has been on the northern metropolis, you see, and with with that being the um the, the 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 new central the new CBD, okay. Then we the priority has changed, right? The priority is to move it northward. But mm-hmm. interestingly enough, because we we have the western corridor that goes through from the western part of uh, uh, Hong Kong Island through the uh, uh, the what do you call it? Zhao project, right? The the, the artificial islands mm-hmm. all cross. Land town all the way from Soekyu to to the to the uh, uh, past the northwest of New Territories to to uh, Qinghe, right. I mean all this, okay, would you would imagine that the 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 traffic that's brought from the north, okay, from China would in fact necessitate the South Island Line West, okay, but it is it it was argued, okay. At that press conference, uh, that uh, that, for instance, is is we don't need that for the next 10, 15 years. Okay. So, but without figures, I mean, I I can't really. I mean, I don't think anyone can really challenge that. Right?
1: We should clarify and, and, and for. Maybe, yes, go on, Alex Chain.
2: Yeah. So maybe I'll just quickly add here that even in the past, many of these projects. They were part of previous railway development studies, previous comprehensive transport studies, and many of those did not get implemented. So, northern links have been in, on card since 1990s, um, even the 4th harbour crossing that I was talking about, Green Island Link, uh, that has been on cards for a very long time. But these things did not happen uh, because the things changed or the government priorities changed uh, over the period of time. And I think similarly, what we see today is a more of an intent of the government uh, where they will do more feasibility studies and they'll go through that motion, go through the process. And that's why some of the projects have been completely dropped because they, they don't in, even intend to go into those uh, processes but these will go into feasibility studies and eventually uh, some of these projects will be implemented. I don't think all of them will be implemented in the time frame given.
1: So you're putting, uh, in the broader context, you're saying if, if not all of these are implemented, that's just that's, what, that's what's always happened. You have these transport plans, they mention um, uh, Some they mention ideas, some of them end up being implemented, others don't. And indeed we're seeing uh, with the uh, banding, or at least for the it's medium term, the banding of the North Island line, that's an example of a a project yeah. was put forward before and is now now essentially shelved.
2: That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah,
1: yeah. okay. Uh, maybe, uh, look, Jane, uh, maybe this, we, we touched briefly on this idea of green mass transit, system. I'm not, I, I mean, despite having read these 76 papers, I'm not quite clear. To, the uh, paper says that instead <laughs> of uh, what they call heavy rail, heavy rail is apparently a reference to MTR. Mm-hmm. I, I, MTR, I, yeah. Yes, uh, instead of using heavy rail in areas like um, Uh, KaiTAC and East Kowloon, it makes sense to use what's called a smart and green mass transit system. MTR is a mass transit system. So what's the difference between MTR and a smart and green mass transit system?
2: Well, I think it's a bereft of details at the moment, the document, and uh, that is probably also uh, a deliberate uh, attempt to obfuscate the whole issue. Uh, You know, this uh, environmentally friendly linkage system for KaiTAC has been discussed for long uh, even from uh, during the carry lamb era when the monorail was being discussed and there are of course it's a very wide window when we talk about green and um, you know green transport system uh, there could be anything it could be a brt it could be a monorail it could sorry, be what's a lrt sorry bus rapid transit system it could be a light rail transit system sorry so bus, it could be- uh,
1: bus rapid transit system that just means a bus does it
2: no, that means a bus on a dedicated right-of-way. So it's just the okay, but it's still, it's still a bus. It's
1: still a bus, right? Still a bus,
2: but it could be electric buses. So you know, so it could, there are many ways to define this green green transport. As I'm saying, this is a very wide window, and anything can fit into this wide window. So they have not really defined what exactly they mean by this green transport system. Uh, it, so, and you know, uh, so I think that, that they have kept all the options open. Uh, previous, uh, they don't want to go make that commitment like um, lamb government did, that they went after this monorail and then there was a severe opposition. The economic justification of monorail was very, very thin, and hence, ultimately, that project was shelved. So, and, and I know the government has visited BYD factory. They like their, um, you know, the, the, the tram system, which is running in the BYD campus, and they probably would like to do something like that. And in, in they pro- don't want to commit themselves into it, but they are probably, uh, that's the direction, possibly, they are, they are moving towards.
1: So we don't know what it means, but whatever it means, it would be um, something smaller than MTR train. I mean, it's, isn't there a danger like, I mean, look, even look at, look at the South Island line, which is built with smaller trains. There's now a, a hugely overcapacity with people stacked up at Ocean yep. Park trying to get in. It's a danger you build something smaller like that, um, if, especially if it's not even a MTR train, you'll just uh, get, it will get, immediately get overloaded
2: yes i mean th- that's always a danger you know when you build these things uh and you don't uh, uh design it for the future then certainly there is a problem that the lines would reach capacity but then the planning intent always says that you can build something else uh, over a period of time and that would be more cost effective solution to just keeping keep building grand infrastructure which first 10 years or so nobody uses you know so i think there is an argument there which is understandable uh, having said that at the moment what they are proposing for kitec this green transport system there's absolutely zero details on on those what exactly that is what it means and how it will be operated who will operate it none of that information is available
3: so of course i mean kitec is just that one small part of the blueprint I don't know how many <laughs> projects are all together, but I want to talk about something more positive, I guess. Uh, Alec, you know, when you look at the blueprint, you know, what are you looking forward to the most? Is there any one particular area that you, you see and you're like, oh, wow, this could be amazing?
2: Well, there are a lot of amazing things there, but as Dr. Howe just mentioned, uh, there is no costing figures, there are no ROIs, there is no economic justifications. So nobody knows those wow projects mm. are really going to deliver what they're supposed to deliver i mean this whole eastern corridor and western corridor that they propose uh, through northern metropolis down to you know hong kong island uh, those are all both wow projects. I mean, they they are going to be very grand. They are going mm-hmm. to be, you know, very costly. But what will they deliver? I think that is something that is not known. So there are no forecasts in the in the document. There are no cost figures in the document. and And they don't mention the document doesn't mention how they are going to transform. The, the land use and the movement of people within the city. So I think those are key details which are missing at the moment. So this is a very high level document. It's more like an intent, as I said. It's not, I don't even think that this is, uh, everything is here going to be implemented.
3: Mm. And, and, and in the document, um, what surprised me when I saw it, and I one, of the, one of the 76 pages, there were three CBD areas. One is obviously the central district. The second one is Kai tak. But the third one, as uh, Professor Timothy mentioned, is the Kao Yizhou, um artificial islands? Now, uh, Pro- mm-hmm. Professor Timothy, you know how effective is it to build another CBD in that area? What What are your you know thoughts on that?
4: Well, I think um, what's well, better than the land vision, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we 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 do have uh, plenty of land in the new territories, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Hong Kong is really, a lot of it's built uh, um, in in the, you know, Hong Kong Island, the built-up areas uh, Hong Kong Island, Kowloon, Peninsula, and so on, right? So the natural um, areas to develop is really in that area, okay? And, of course, one has to uh, not rule out uh, reclamation from the sea, and, of course, that's what that, that's what the uh, reclamation near the Lantau island is okay uh and be- because the, the, the uh, there there's no more reclamation allowed by law right after you know uh midnight of 1997 right Just, uh uh June 30th mm-hmm. uh you can't reclaim from the victoria harbor for instance mm-hmm. right so 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 I mean how do you how do you get more land for housing? Right, that's yes. that's the overarching concern in our talk.
1: That is a very good question. So sorry to interrupt and please hold that thought because we will continue our, after news. We are going to now take a break for the news, but uh, we'll continue the discussion. Uh, Timothy Howe and Alok Jane will, um, will, be, will be with us and we hope to be joined by another guest as well. we'll continue the discussion about Hong Kong's uh, transport blueprint and just how much of it's going to become reality. And we'll, later on, we're we'll also going to be talking about government efforts to improve toilet hygiene in Hong Kong. You've got any thoughts on either topic, email us at backchat.rthk.hk at at or you can go to our Facebook page, Backchat. On RTHK Radio Free and leave a comment there. The weather forecast. Uh, it's nice and warm today. Uh, temperature's going to rise to uh, 25 degrees, but enjoy it while it lasts because uh, temperatures are going to fall rapidly over the weekend. In fact, it's going to go down to 12 degrees in the urban areas on Sunday and even lower in the new territories. Currently, however, it's 23 degrees, relative humidity 81%. We'll be back after the news. It's 9 30. Here's Jamie Clark with the news. Transport sector lawmaker Frankie Yick says he thinks the government is moving forward on an open
3: access official geocode system for Hong Kong that will allow people and companies to pinpoint locations in a machine-readable way. He says using numbers is more user-friendly than addresses and having a digital infrastructure means applications can be built on top of it. He says this will improve things like last-mile delivery for e-commerce or fire engines finding the exact location of a fire. The Republican-led House of Representatives has voted to formally authorise its impeachment inquiry into President Biden. The vote comes three months after the Republicans informally opened the probe, alleging bribery and corruption by Biden family members during the, his tenure as Vice President. And the US Federal Reserve has again left interest rates unchanged. It followed data that inflation was slowing. Come on, everyone! Everyone! The 9th Hong Kong Games is calling for athletes for 8 sports events. What's new this time are 3-on-3 basketball and different age groups for athletics, badminton, swimming, table tennis, and tennis. Come and join the district athlete selections and show us your potential. Let's follow Cheering Larry and cheer for the athletes. Our city, our games. Visit HongKongGames.hk for more. The government has launched HKE Toll. With a vehicle tag, there is no need to stop to pay tunnel tolls. Tolls will be deducted from your account automatically. Starting from 5 a.m. on November 26, HKE Toll is implemented at the Tate's Cairn Tunnel. When using toll tunnels that don't have HKE Toll yet, please continue to use the existing payment methods. Visit hketoll.gov.hk for more. Drive smart with HKE Toll. Music
1: Welcome back to back Chat. I'm Danny Gittings uh, your, My guest presenter this morning is Philip Wong uh, In the second half of the show we're going to be initially continuing our discussion on uh, the new transport blueprint for Hong Kong uh, Later on we're going to be talking about government uh, plan to um, refurbish or not just plan, they've actually implemented a large part of it to um, refurbish public bathrooms in Hong Kong. Our guest as we continue the discussion, uh, Timothy Howe Honorary Associate Professor of Economics at the Faculty of Business and Economics at Hong Kong U Business School Alok Jane, uh, C and Managing Director of Transconsult. And we're now also joined by uh, Tony C. Tony C is Associate Professor of Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering at Hong Kong Polytechnic University. If you've got any thoughts, do email us at backchat.rthk.hk or you can go to our Facebook page, uh, Backchat on RTHK Radio Free, and leave a comment there. Let me just bring in one comment coming in from a listener. Mike says, free more and it will be 50 years of watching Hong Kong build and develop, including road, rail, sea and sky transport. So all I can say is don't stop now. One observation is we don't seem to have the human or even auto traffic congestion of the past. I encouraged the office to travel off-peak a couple of decades ago. Now I'm always receiving like, comments like, during off-peak hours, the, the, the trains and buses seem empty. Any comment, or are we just going to continue building regardless of the need out of habit? With reference to Kai Tak, when the airport was closed, an alarm was issued and contamination of the area due to years and decades of fuel sp- sp- spillage. Has that ever been dealt with, or are you just hoping it's forgotten? Thank you very much, Mike. Um, now, uh, let's bring in uh, Tony T, who's just joined us. Tony Z from Hong Kong Polytechnic University. Uh, good morning, Mr. T. Welcome to Back Chat. Uh, good morning. Uh, what is your impression um, about this transport blueprint, uh, uh, our other guests, we've been talking about this first half of the show, saying maybe not all of it's going to be implemented, uh, and there's no no costs in the transport blueprint. What, what are your thoughts, mm-hmm. Mr. Z? Uh, who was there just a moment ago we we <laughs> seem to have temporarily rarely lost tony i i 'm sure we we'll, we'll, we'll get him back shortly, but in that case uh, let's let's bring let's uh bring uh jane back in um jane we are in fact in Jane, um how about um our comment from our listener Mike, where he was saying that um uh there are fewer people traveling these days, so shouldn't we be taking this into account? Do we really need all these tra- new transport projects Alok well, jane
2: that, that's the part yeah, thanks, Danny. Uh, that's the part that will come out of the feasibility study. And I think this new way of travel uh, is, I, I mean, there are not few people taking public transport, uh, you know, at the moment, because what we are seeing is that ridership is back. What has certainly happened is the peak travel which used to happen in, in the three-hour window in the morning and three-hour window in the evening, that has gone down. So there is a flattening of the peak, which is in a way good for the transport system. So, I mean, it's hard for me to just say how much of transport we will need because government apparently has done a very comprehensive study using sophisticated modeling and, and whatnot. So they have done those assessment while coming for these projects. Uh, so I can only assume that these are demand-driven, These are are justified and and obviously they will be uh, needed in the future for the movement and the economy of Hong Kong um, we, but as I said the details um, are, are missing a lot of details are missing so we don't know for sure how they will pan out but obviously they will go through the rigor Of having a feasibility study, and then they'll be scrutinized by LegCo before getting gazetted.
1: Okay, I believe uh, Tony Z from uh, Hong Kong Polytechnic University is now back with us. Oh, yes. yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What what, what do you make of this blueprint? And particularly, our guest, uh, Alok Jane, was saying just now we really don't know how much of this transport blueprint will really be implemented. What's your thoughts?
0: Oh yes, uh, I, because I see that the blue pin actually uh, say is uh, proposed quite a lot of uh, infrastructure, which mm-hmm. would take quite a long time to for them to all implement. Uh, at least in the time slide, say uh, uh, after ten uh, twenty years, so it's actually quite a long period. <laughs>
1: So we can't be sure how, mu- how much. And also another point our guests have be making that there's no costs on these projects. Uh, they're saying the government has the costs, but they haven't released them. And what's your interpretation on that?
0: Uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure about that, but uh, yes, I agree that at least that they could release an uh, estimate, an uh, overall estimate about all these uh, infrastructure projects. Because they already have a preliminary uh, idea about the, the routing, something like this.
3: And, for, and Tony, you know, if, if we assume that all of these projects are you know, approved and it will be built, there's a lot of environmental factors that need to be considered, isn't there?
0: Oh, yes. Also, the uh, EIA like the, in the northern part of new territory. I think there's quite a a, a number of areas that the, the 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 environmental impact assessment should be conducted
1: before. Yeah. Do you think environmental impact assessment will be a problem? In the, I mean, in the past, we've had, of course we had public demonstrations against pro, um, by villagers against projects going ahead, and all, all kinds of opposition. Do you, do, you, do you think there will be environmental issues with these? Because uh, these are this blueprint seems to focus very heavily on the new territories, and there are a lot of transport projects in uh, remote areas of the new territories here.
0: Yes, this could be an issue because, uh, say, in the past when they built the East. Uh, uh, this well line extension to Longmiao. They they did uh, actually uh, encounter issues. That 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 why they need to build a tunnel to uh, avoid the wetlands, something like this. So uh, could this EIA could be issue
3: mm. And just going back to uh, Professor uh, Timothy, before Danny you cut you off, we were talking about the third uh, CBD and um, I keep forgetting the Kao Yi Yijiao. Is there anything that you want to add on to that? I mean, like we were talking about whether it's it's actually you know useful to have a third CBD in that area.
4: No, actually, I, I think um, I mean uh, I'm I'm in support of developing mm-hmm. the northern metropolis because that's really the obvious. You know, the northern part of the new territory is is the one that we need to um, develop. Okay, uh, all these you know, despite all these brown air brown areas and so on, right? Mm-hmm. In, we're in di- Hong Kong. Hong Kong, we're in dire need of housing, of land, like mm. right, land for housing. And, um, you know, I, I mean, you, you can either reclaim from the sea, okay, mm-hmm. or develop what we have, what little area that we have. Mm. Okay. And and that's really the obvious choice. And um, and I I think it, it's, it's it's much better than the land town vision, even though the government says that they're going to do both uh there again i think uh it's more realistic to focus on one and 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 also all these all these things I, I i mentioned this this particular route on the western one right all the way going from um you know Hong Kong Island west northeast Lantau Link all the way route 11 all the way to to uh Shenzhen Bay right Shenzhen uh mm-hmm. um is that it, it seems to me that it's going to bring in more more traffic, okay, back to Hong Kong Island, okay, and to to. It's interesting that the government sort of uh, uh, focuses on the west west uh, Hong Kong Island west um, uh, line and says that we we don't need that, which I really I find interesting. But of course. I agree uh, uh, with Alan Jane that the government has very, you know, comprehensive transfer model, and they have done all these simulations, and they come come up with this conclusion, okay, and and that uh, there are a few projects that they're going to put in the back burner for now.
1: Yes, well, let You've mentioned that a couple of times. Let's follow up about this issue about Hong Kong Island, and I'm sure we have a lot of listeners listening from there. Where Hong Kong Island, of course, they've said that uh, they're not going to go ahead with the North Island. Um uh, rail line, which would sort of, sort of duplicate the Island line, I guess. Um, there was a, there was a plan for a extension going round via Aberdeen, Wafu and Cyberport to Wong Chuk Han, What's called the South Island West. Uh, they haven't actually, um, uh, Timothy How, they haven't actually said they're going to scrap that. They've just said that there are their problems with building as as it's as it's planned, and that they need to look at they need they need to review the whole thing. You, you interpret that as suggesting that it's not going to go ahead altogether, right, Timothy Howe? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and, like Jane, any for, I mean, it's, it's an, on this specific issue. I mean, this, this idea has been around for a long time, and they built the line through from Admiralty to Ocean Park and Wong Chuk Han And the whole idea is it should connect up around, shouldn't it, uh, via Wafu and um, um, Aberdeen and Cyberport? And now they say that there are a lot of uh, technical problems. The hill, the hills are too big, and so they're not really sure about how to proceed. What, what's your take on that?
2: Well, there are always technical problems with any large-scale railway project, so none of them are simple but that's what engineers are paid for uh, you know so obviously I think let's put the technical problem aside there is no technical problem that cannot be solved with enough resources and money uh, so you know but, but apart from that I think it's more of a need based it is of course a costly construction and and that and as I was saying this these are the kind of projects this project has been around on the on the drawing board the South South Island line for more than 20 years I think about 30 years and now we are talking about not building it at all. I think it's a similar fate that this whole proposal is going to go through. Uh, many of these lines and ideas which are looking nice today, uh, they're on a piece of paper. They, When they go through the rigor, they may not be considered viable. They may not find enough takers and, and they will be shelved or they will be pushed back into the future indefinitely. So that's the kind of project life cycle we are um, so i'm not too excited about what is in there at the moment i will only be excited when <laughs> things are starting to get implemented mm-hmm. because at the moment it's more of a just a very broad brush intent document uh, it's what we call a planning intent at the moment. But uh, sure. Really sorry to interrupt. If they, uh,
1: if they intend to go ahead with the Northern Metropolis, which seems pretty clear, I mean, uh, a very high proportion of these new projects involve the Northern Metropolis. So you, you, you need those at least. You might scrap some of the other projects.
2: Well, you need some of those certainly, not, may not be all of those. So again, I mean, this question of CBD that you asked. CBD co- composes of two things. One is the infrastructure, the hardware. So you can build all these buildings and you can build all the facilities and so on and so forth. But the second part is the business. Is the business ready to move into those areas? And that question we, we don't know. We don't know the answer to that. So you can build a whole Kaos island artificial island and you can build all the facilities but whether the banks and the financial institutions and uh, you know other businesses are they going to really move into that area now that is a big million dollar question which nobody knows the answer to
1: well nobody knows the answer to the million dollar question tony c do you want to have a, a go at try, to trying to answer it is there is there still space in or is there still need in hong kong for two more central business districts
0: yeah, I, I think I agree with Tim that maybe the lofter metropolis is already the brown land that it would be more cost-effective to develop those space and we need space for something like logistics or uh, transport hub or warehouse in those areas.
1: So you go ahead with that one. How about Lantau Tomorrow? Lantau Tomorrow was always Carrie Lamb's vision, wasn't it? <laughs> and there've been since she left office, there have been some questions. Government says it's still committed to it, but we're not. doesn't seem to show quite the same enthusiasm
3: yes we have doubts about this <laughs> well you know you know just just moving forward with with, with that you know there's a lot of talk with, about reclaiming land and building artificial islands but i mean uh, tony is there really a need for that um, I, I know hong kong has limited space but do we really have that little space left coming Aren't there any other areas that we can use
0: uh, I think just like what, what you say, uh, if we really build this land to, with the financial industry, the, the bank would like to move to that or the people would like to move to that. But say, term Met- Metropolis is already quite close to or, uh, those uh, little towns that already developed or existing already.
3: Mm. and and Alec like I, I guess I know I know there's nothing to be excited about until they really you know implemented but in a way I guess they're the government's being proactive, aren't they like I mean compared to before,
2: Well, no, no, I I wouldn't say comparatively before (laughs) or after. But what I mean is this is a standard process. Government Mm. releases a a blueprint, which is a very high-level document. Mm. And this was, if you go back and look at RDS-1, which was released in 1990, I know Railway Development Study 1 and then Railway Development Study 2, they were of a similar magnitude. The documents were very Mm. similar. It it had a lot of grand ideas. And then only half of those actually got implemented in reality because they went when they went through the rigor they they could not be justified either in terms of costing or in terms of ridership that they were going to generate or return on investment that they're going to achieve so obviously that's a big window that we are looking at and and right now this planning intent northern metropolis they want to develop and they want to put a lot of lines they have drawn on on the on the north of hong kong which many of them will be implemented but they may be sufficient to to meet the demand of northern metropolis you don't need probably all of them so i think this is something yet to be seen we really don't know the answer to that uh, northern links for example uh, you know has been around for 20 years again uh, it hasn't been built yet and now it seems like uh, there is a, it takes a different form altogether you know they 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 have a new line running from putong all the way to chaotauco and so, yeah, I mean, we'll see how, how that goes when it, when it comes to feasibility studies. As I said, I won't count my beans until, you know, something you mentioned uh, that happens on the ground. <laughs> several <laughs>
1: times on the show this morning, but th- th- this is now the first time you sort of put a figure on it. You said last time only half the proposals were implemented. Is that a good ballpark again to say this time that, uh, I mean, when you talked about a previous uh, transport looping and you said only half the proposals ended up being implemented. Should, should we sort of only expect about half of these to be implemented, Alok jane
2: that would be my best guess. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just before we go, any uh, uh, t- Timothy How? Um, any thoughts? Only half of these will be implemented.
4: Well, I hope they they build the the one uh, because uh, Mr. Lamb, the Secretary of Transport, mentioned the artificial island is important for the for the fourth harbor crossing. Mm, so that they should build
1: that
4: one. Go through the the similar the parallel alignment. With the existing three harbor crossing, and that's really going to help alleviate the
1: traffic congestion for the harbor okay, and uh, Tony C, uh, only half of this blueprint will be implemented that was
0: a <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I hope that all, all this le uh, can can be implemented can yeah. we solve the problem
1: okay, we will have to uh, draw it to a close there. It's a very interesting discussion indeed. Uh, our thanks to our uh, uh, guests. Um, uh, Timothy Howe, Honorary Associate Professor of Economics at Faculty of uh, Business and Economics at Hong Kong U Business School. Alok Jane, CEO and Managing Director of Transconsult. And uh, Tony C, Associate Professor at the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering at Hong Kong Polytechnic University. Thank you for joining us. Stay with us.
4: Operation Santa Claus 2023 is on. The annual charity fundraising drive jointly organized by Radio Television Hong Kong and the South China Morning Post is, for the 36th time, helping those in Hong Kong who need it the most. Operation Santa Claus has raised more than $369 Hong Kong dollars for over 338 wonderful charity projects over the years. If you would like to help by donating any amount at all or by arranging your own fundraising event, just go to our website for all the details. O.S c h k. r g.
3: You're listening to Back Chat. Call us on two double three double eight two double six and have your say.
1: Now, we've all been in some horrible public toilets in Hong Kong and indeed other places in the world. But the government is doing something about them in Hong Kong. That's what's called the Enhanced Public Toilet Refurbishment Programme. This programme has been around for, for a while now, actually, but it is making progress. The uh, Food Environmental Hygiene Department uh, just announced uh, this week that they'd already completed renovation work of 100, on 130 public toilets. And uh, one group that's been monitoring this progress and indeed actually um, talked about how some of these improved toilets would make your eyes light up is the Hong Kong Toilet Association. So joining us is uh, Dr. Henry Hung, who's a founding member of the Hong Kong Toilet Association. Dr. Hung, good morning. Welcome to Back Chat.
5: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: So can you just give us an overview? How, how are the government doing? How much progress have they made? How much more do they still need to, still need to do?
5: Yes, um, uh, the government actually have put in a lot of effort to improve the public toilet. but unfortunately, maybe due to the COVID um, problem uh, a couple of years ago, and then the whole programme has been delayed a bit. But I hope they can catch up with the programme as soon as possible, as the public toilet is so important to uh, the tourists and uh, our or Hong Kong people.
1: So the, the programme is behind schedule, but... Uh what they're actually doing, is, is that okay? I, I, I read that um, your, your members conduct spot checks on the, um, on the public toilets, and generally I think you are, your, uh, your, your association is quite, quite, quite positive about what they've done, right?
5: Oh, yes. We're we, um, very concerned about the public toilet in Hong Kong because there's the image of Hong Kong where tourists are now coming around to Hong Kong. So yes, every year we have a, a survey on all the public toilets in Hong Kong, and we will announce which is the best or the 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 worst uh, public toilet. And uh, we hope that this can uh, uh, let the government know that we know that this is very very important to the uh, public hygiene and stuff like that.
3: Now, Henry, I'm very interested to know which ones are the worst toilets. Can you share? <laughs> I know some what to live? avoid. <you>?
5: Well, I know the uh, government has uh, uh, limited resources Mm -hmm. in terms of money Mm -hmm. and they have like six hundred million dollars to improve all the public toilets in Mm -hmm. Hong Kong. And I think they now put uh, a lot of effort on the um, tourist area. Mm -hmm. But in other areas like the market and uh, somewhere that Mm -hmm. always be the worst toilet in Hong Kong so um but i uh, i know the, the government they know about it but because of limited resources probably so uh, i think they are now find a way how to improve the rest of those toilets using mm-hmm. a, a a modern technology and in, in terms of um, construction or mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah then i hope this can be done uh, uh, uh better in, in, the, in the coming future
3: now the, the public toilets for me uh well, for me, at least, they're quite important because every week I, I go to parks and, to play football. And whenever uh-huh. I, I have a number two, I kind of kind of get nightmares and <laughs> get scared <laughs> because I don't want to go to the public toilets. So in a way, like you know, refurbishing is good, but also, uh-huh. you know, maintenance is also important as well, isn't it? Like to keep it, make sure it's hygiene. And so, you know, you mentioned about, you know, using technology hasn't been anything implemented to make sure that it, the toilets are clean.
5: Uh, Yes, exactly what you mentioned about the playground area, uh, which may be not managed by the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department, maybe by the Leisure and Cultural Departments, uh, uh, things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, um, they have to look into this public toilet by speeding up the uh, refurbishment now. Mm -hmm. And I know that they are applying some sort of smart toilet, Uh, by uh, um, technology, internet kind of things, try to get the condition of the public toilet uh, from time to time so that they can better manage the public toilet. Uh, The hardware is there, it's good, but if management is bad, it's poor, then nothing can be done.
1: Okay, on the management of uh, toilets, let's bring in a comment from a listener, Ilna. Ilna says, I wonder if there's such an urgent need for so many public toilets on the streets. Considering almost all restaurants, shopping centers, hotels, and nearly every establishment in the city have their own well maintained toilet facilities, is it necessary to have additional ones placed on the streets? Instead, we should prioritize having more well maintained and cleaner toilets in parks, sports grounds, and hiking spots where there is a real and urgent need for them. Last night, I went to one on Canal Road while heading towards Causeway Bay just to wash my hands. And I was rather shocked by the cleanliness, cleanliness put in inverted commas here, the cleanliness of the facility. It was crowded and not well maintained. The soap dispenser was empty and there was toilet paper strewn all over the floor. I couldn't help but question why people need to use so much paper. This experience left me unimpressed. I don't typically use public toilets, but it made me consider whether public funds could be better utilised elsewhere. I would also believe it would be a good idea to raise awareness among the public on how to properly use toilets mm-hmm. and keep them clean and tidy for the consideration of others. Perhaps it's time to consider implementing charges for the use of public toilets, as he's done in other countries, to help maintain their cleanliness. Now, um, uh, Dr. Hung, that's an interesting idea, isn't it? I and mean, we're quite accustomed. You go to Britain, you have to pay if you want to use a public toilet. I mean, um, yeah. uh, is that something we should consider in Hong Kong?
5: Well, it, uh, we have that consideration and suggestion to the government also.
1: Oh, but you've a, met. yeah.
5: Yeah, but there's also a response from the public why we have to pay for a public toilet. So, um, so at this, a very good uh, point that uh, education of the public is very important. Mm. As just what you said, they full of uh, toilet paper on the on the floor or inside the toilet bowl, and they never flush the toilet. So this is uh, apart from management and also education is very important to the public to respect the toilet, not just after using it and then just run away without flushing the toilet. So education is the main key points to (laughs) our public. To use the public toilets.
1: Let me just uh, ask a little bit more about that point of paying for pub- use of public toilets. because I, I don't recall this ever really being discussed in the Hong Kong context. So you say your association has put the, the idea of uh, charging for use of public toilets. You, your association has put that to the government in the past. Does that mean your association supports the idea?
5: Yes, we support that area because that will, will be fair to people who use the toilet, not just the um, Use it without uh, paying attention to it or without respect to the public toilet. Then, if the, we charge them a little bit money and then use this money to pay for the uh, toilet attendant to maintain the uh, the toilet, maybe another uh, idea for for the government to, to to think about it.
1: But you said the government's response to this idea is quite negative, right?
5: Uh, not really, because they they are maybe really they are too busy to. To maintain the existing public toilet, and then if they have another idea, and then will be another management problem. Who is going to maintain this paid uh, public toilet? I think that, I think they will uh, put that in their mind. But whether it is easy to maintain it or, uh, or 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 to 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 use this idea, we don't know.
3: Now, I, I want to uh, talk a little bit more about these uh, smart toilets. Uh, you you kind of mention it as well. You know, how will these smart toilets actually help? Um, with the maintenance of, of the toilets?
4: Well,
5: it's a, a new idea, and then this new system now using, in, actually it's using in some of the public toilet now, mm-hmm. uh, it's using the so-called Internet of Things. Uh, when there's, uh, say, for example, the toilet paper, when it's lacking on the toilet paper, then there will be a signal sent to the sensor, and then they know that the toilet paper is, is uh, no more, so this kind of uh, thing, they are now, I think, they are testing the system whether it really works or not.
1: So we, do we already have some of these operational in Hong Kong then?
5: Yes, yes, it's in place already, but not too many. Uh, I remember a couple of those in Sham Shui mm-hmm. and in some new refurbished uh, toilets. But whether the result is good or not, we have to wait and see.
3: Are there any smart toilets that, you know, if you don't flush the toilet, there's a loud sound speaker and says, please flush the toilet. <laughs> Singapore. Oh, yeah, I shouldn't say that.
1: Yes. Uh, are, are there any, any like that in um, Dr. Hong?
3: Not really. In Hong Kong, no. Okay. Well, you, know, yeah. you know, talking about that, are there any other countries, you know, that are actually doing well with public toilets and, and something that Hong Kong can follow? Oh,
5: uh, yes. Uh, like, uh, you know, I I, I, I go to any country, I first place I go is the public toilet. And around the world, I'm um, the, the better one, I feel, is Singapore. They really maintain the public toilet in very good condition, uh, with plantation flowers in, inside the public toilet. When you go into the public toilet, you don't really don't feel that it's a public toilet. It's mm-hmm. like... Uh, your, your own back. Okay. At, at home. We'll finish
1: that. on the uh, Singapore note. Uh, thank you very much. That was uh, Dr. Henry Hung, who is the uh, founding member of the Hong Kong Toilet Association. And that's it from Backchat today. That's it for me. I'll be back in the new year. But of course, uh, Backchat continues and uh, join us tomorrow for, with Andrew Work and Carr.